Hey, hey, kids, we're a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Census Podcast. The man who shot Liberty Balance, he shot Liberty Balance, he was the bravest of them all. That's right, we're the podcast that explores the American animated sitcom The Simpsons from seasons 11 beyond and the newest episodes when they're available. Why do we do it like that? Well, an entity known as the Wheel of Random has trapped us and forced us to watch the show in that banner. I say we because I am an annoyed grunt boy named Steve, and with me as always is the other annoyed grunt boy, Craig. Hello, Craig. Did I do it all right? Did I say my name okay? I think you did great. I think okay, you, thanks. we all know your name. I think the past couple episodes, we've been kind of, uh, you know, throwing shade at the rest of the country because the rest of the country's got the heat wave going on as of this record. Yeah, which somebody would throw some shade at us. Because now we're the hot ones. No, not the hit YouTube show about eating chicken wings. <laughs> but uh, sitting here, like much like Marge in this episode, I'm sitting here in a basement too afraid to leave because it's a lot cooler down here. Yeah, we're looking at 100 degrees and it's like six in the evening. Yeah, I think when we started this record, I clocked it at like 106 on my phone. Yeah, sounds about right. Wow. So did you uh, go outside wearing your uh, three-piece suit like you always do? Steve is notorious, like even on like the <laughs> hottest day, he doesn't wear shorts. No. I'm assuming you walked out probably wearing denim jeans, probably like knee-high thick socks, and then like a button down and then fucking like sweater over that. And you still like left the house in like the middle of 105 degree weather. Is that true? <laughs> I mean, that would be my mode, but I just didn't leave the house today. Okay. I like, pulled a Marge and I just kind of... Maybe I run different like heat wise, but I was down in a, a city called Junction City for a Scandinavian festival this last weekend. And it was in the hundreds mm -hmm. uh, or even like the mid 90s. But like I'm just seeing people walk around like this one dude dressed all cool, like wearing like some denim jeans and like a, a fucking thick ass jacket and wearing layers. I'm like, how the hell do you like not just drop dead from heat? I barely want clothes on when it's hot outside. Like I'll wear shorts, a tank top. That's as as much as the nudity I'll do in public, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I will say that I won't wear shorts unless I'm near a body of water. But well, I, a toilet I, is a body of water. Sure. But I have, uh, you know, given and I, I will just wear a T-shirt, one layer. It feels weird, but I it's <laughs> too hot to not. So, yeah, I will do that. So. I'm going crazy and I'll wear just like jeans and a t-shirt and call it good. But I'm also one of those guys that will wear shorts in the middle of winter. So I'm, I, I don't know, you know, and also I, I, I feel like I can't talk about in our know. part of the world, like in the Northwest, that's kind of normal too. Like you can go to a fancy restaurant and see <laughs> people wearing, you know, on one side of the table, there'll be a guy in a three piece suit, top hat, monocle. And on the other side, there'll be just a dude in like a pair of Crocs and some shorts. So. At a fancy restaurant? Hmm. You know, Steve, I don't know. I've never seen anyone dressed like that at Red Lobster. Okay, maybe the Olive Garden. Because when you're there, you're fine. Olive Garden is the uh, classier Whataburger in, in America. <laughs> yes, exactly. Usually you'll find someone, uh, you know, get into a fight there. Mm -hmm. But at least it's a family fighting. <laughs> exactly. And they'll make up at the end because that's what families do. Yeah. I feel like this time of the year, we always are. This is our intro to the podcast. Oh, how about that weather? Because that's what people like to hear about, right? Is the yeah, weather. you know. Let's do some Pacific, more small talk. Like. More small talk in the Pacific Northwest, yeah. But uh, maybe we should just get on with this week's episode, right? Alrighty. And normally I would say it's time for our favorite segment, The Simpsons Beer Corner, but mm. I don't feel it's too hot to drink. Look, you know, we should also tell our listeners, you know, when it's really hot outside, you got to hydrate. So just drink some water. I'm, and I'm going to do that. Uh, but also this episode to connect it. Look, Marge is working out a lot, right? Yeah. So 
I thought I'm going to be different, Stephen. I'm going to, besides drinking water, I need to get some energy to lift those weights. So I'm going to drink an energy drink Okay. on this podcast. And <laughs> I saw this at the store and I said, what, what is wrong with us? <laughs> and there's a couple of, of flavors, but this one in particular, I'm like, what are we doing to ourselves? And it's called C4 Energy. The flavors they have are original. Original just says frozen bombsicle. They're like, that's not fun. But then they have a couple other flavors, two of which are Starburst, the candy Starburst. <laughs> they have the popular ones, the cherry and the strawberry. So no lemon or orange Starburst flavor. But and then the next one, which is what I'm going for, is a uh, Skittles. Huh. So a Skittles energy drink. <laughs> it just what is wrong with us? Yeah. Eat Skittles. They're bad for you. No, I don't want to. But here, here it is in, in energy drink form. So it must be healthy. Oh, yeah. Right here. It says zero sugar. So, you know, it's not it doesn't have sugar. So you're, you're good. So no sugar, no carbs there. We don't have it. But it still has like the fake sugar, which is you know probably equally as bad for you. Right. If not worse. Uh, we have explosive energy, Steve. <laughs> it bursts with energy and elevate performance with 200 milligrams of caffeine. Woo. See, what's the average cup of coffee caffeine wise? Um, Probably about 150 to 175. Okay. All right. It has hydration with ingredients for hydration. <laughs> Did a Simpsons writer write this can? It's <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever said. And I've said a lot of that on this podcast. Nobody's denying that. <laughs> yeah. Muscular endurance. All right. This one's for you, Marge. Kick up that <laughs> endurance with clinically studied carnosin beta beta aline 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 i don't know hmm. fancy words right this is all just just buzz copy words Ugh. i guess the kid would be kid friendly it's like a yellow can with c4 on it and c4 it's like okay that's a an explosive right c4 right right it's dynamite it's dynamite yeah and then there's like the skittles logo up on top um all right it's vitamin B12, 6 MCGs, 250% of that. Nicane, 30 milligrams, 190% of that. Uh, so no calories, no fat, no sodium, no uh, carbs, no sugars, no protein. So, you know, make sure you eat some chicken with this. What do we got ingredients? We got carbonated water, carnosin, which is a registered trademark. So I don't know what that is. L-cellutrine, molic acid, beta power, beta... Uh, so words I can't say. Citric acid. There you go. Potassium sobrate. It's a preservative. Caffeine and uh, natural flavors. Sucrose. And, uh, so it's got the sucrose. That's the fake sugar. Mm -hmm. It's got vitamin B12. All right. Here we go. Let's try it. So it kind of has like a, a, you know, I just smell on a metal tinny sweetness. Um Okay, so you know that initial sip, you get that very fake sugary, but it does taste like Skittles. Does it really? <laughs> like, you know, you just take a handful, put it in your mouth. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have that chalkiness like a Skittles does, obviously, because it's a drink. But right. there's also like the, a weird, like depressing fake sugar aftertaste, mm -hmm. which doesn't really stimulate like the senses, right? Like a real sugar kind of stimulates your senses. Yeah. So does it just taste like all of the Skittles? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's probably just like the same as the Starburst ones, but maybe they <laughs> add something else to it. I don't know. Uh, this is definitely not good for you. <laughs> all this caffeine. I don't recommend, obviously, drinking a lot of these. These are like just, I mean, I used to, before I like started drinking coffee in the morning, mm -hmm. and I had to like my, my old day job where I had to get up at like four in the morning, I would drink energy drinks. Yeah, uh, but uh, it hurts my tummy a little bit more than a coffee, I think, would. Yeah, I trust coffee a lot more. Yeah, uh, I think get it just for your curiosity. If you're like you're a huge Skittles fan, then mm -hmm. yes. If you're not a Skittles fan, there's no reason for you to drink it. 
like I said, the starburst ones, they got a cherry and a, a, a strawberry. So the pink or the red, whatever your flavor profile you like the most, like try those, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. um, would I drink this again? Maybe, probably. Yeah. But I'm not going on my way for it. Um, I feel like I'm a 12 year old child drinking this. <laughs> right. That's what this is. This is for kids, which. Yeah. Yeah. Kids shouldn't have 200 milligrams of caffeine. So I'm curious. I. I should I should mix this. I should see what this is like with gin or, or vodka. I would say vodka is probably the way to go. We might have to come back next week with with the Starburst <laughs> and make a cocktail. Steve, you might have to go to the store. We might have to make cocktails next week with this energy drink. Okay, I think they sell them at my store. So okay, <laughs> all right. There's my review. Uh, we'll make it alcoholic next week, maybe. Uh, how about you, Steve? What do you got for us? I do have a beer, but it is hmm. a non-alcoholic beer. Uh, so you know, in this episode, March gets quite athletic. So mm-hmm. I have Athletic Brewing Company's Free Wave Hazy IPA. Um, it has no alcohol. It has 70 calories, which, you know, most like even low-cal beers are like around 96. 16 carbohydrates, one protein, one gram of protein and no fat. Uh, just water, malted barley, wheat, hops, and yeast. And uh, so at Athletic Brewing, we are pioneering a craft beer revolution. We believe you shouldn't have to sacrifice your ability to be at your best to enjoy great brews. So we created our innovative lineup of refreshing non-alcoholic craft beers. So it's a hazy IPA. As I mentioned before, this is my summer of IPAs. Mm-hmm. But non-alcoholic. Right. Oh, wow. Because that's one thing I want. I want a non-alcoholic IPA. <laughs> God, it sounds like the worst day of my life. I must say, it's pretty good. Um, as IPAs go, I've had ones that I've enjoyed less than this one. And, you know, I don't know that I'd knock back several of these because it's not alcoholic, but it's it's pretty good. Like, <laughs> um, you know, athlete, I've had a few beers from Athletic and all of them, they do what they do well. Um, they make a stout in the wintertime that's pretty solid. And I think if you're looking to, you know, party, but you don't want to get drunk, it's a good alternative. So I think Athletic Brewing, they do a good job at what they do. Um, so, yeah, that's about like it's got a nice hazy flavor, good hop profile. It's like, like I say, it's a solid IPA for what it is. Will you mix a gin in it later? Sure. The gin's got kind of the piney taste, right? Make it yeah, alcoholic. I can see that working. Yeah. All right. Could you imagine like ordering the non-alcoholic IPA at a bar and like, I can get that in a shot of gin. It was like, yeah. And I'm like, ha I tricked you. Gotcha. <laughs> like, yeah, thanks. We got more money from you. <laughs> $14 for a shot of gin and then some carbs. Yeah. I won't be trying that anytime soon. That's fair. Uh, well, Craig, let's uh, try and go back all the way to uh, the year of 2003, specifically February 2nd. Uh, what was the number one movie in the box office? It was The Recruit. A brilliant young CIA trainee is asked by his mentor to help him find a mole in the agency. Hmm. Why do they need to find a little cute uh, mammal? Maybe it was a skin tag. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got Al Pacino and Colin Farrell. Hmm. The penguin himself, Colin Farrell. <laughs> Al Pacino, the uh, character from <laughs> Dick Tracy himself. Yeah. Which one Mr. Duncachino himself. Duncachino. Uh, I bet uh, the movie sounds something like this. Ooh, we got to find a bull with a great ass. <laughs> Like that bad. sounds about right. Yeah. I haven't done bad impersonations on this podcast in a while, but uh, there you go, fans. Still haven't. That one was great. <laughs> sounds just like Colin Farrell. Oh, here's my Colin Farrell. I'm Colin Farrell. There's banshees in the initiation. Why don't you want to be my friend? Look, we could make fun of the Irish still. It's okay. Yeah, for now. I love banshees. I'd watch that movie again. It was a good movie. I have no recollection of the recruit at all. It looks like a dad movie. Yeah, it's definitely a dad movie. 
Uh, it seems like a movie that would premiere on a HBO on a Saturday night. You're like, oh, okay. You know what? Like, and you know, we're making fun of it, but it's it's these movies like this probably never will get made again because you know it's so low key mm-hmm. that it's not low key. That's what all we want, right? Marvel movies. That's all we're right. making. <laughs> this is definitely something we're not going to watch on IF Springfield. I guarantee you. I think you are safe in saying that. All right. Well, Steve, while you and I were definitely not seeing the recruits, we were probably listening to the, the number one song on our MP3 players, right? That's right. The number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 is Bump, Bump, Bump by B2K and P. Diddy. You mean P. Diddy? And P. Diddy. <laughs> Puff Daddy. Puff Diddy. Yeah. Sean Combs. Sean Puffy Combs. All the ladies all over the world. All the ladies And it's called Bump Bump Bump, but I hear pump pump pump. And I keep thinking of this episode and like it's all about a woman's body. This song mm-hmm. and this episode we're going to review is about Marge's body, essentially. It's true. Kind of uh, interesting juxtaposition, I guess. Yeah, I think so. It's it's interesting. And uh, yeah, it seems like a fine song. Anywho, uh, let's talk about today's episode. The strong arm of the moth in which Marge is mugged and she racks by working out with weights, but goes too far and ends up as a steroid crazed bully. Mm. Mm. All righty, Craig. Mm. What say you watch that? I'll watch that. And we'll come back and talk about that. Cool. All righty. We'll be right back. And we're back. Today we're talking about The Strong Arm of the Maw, the ninth episode of the 14th season. It originally aired February 2nd, 2003. It is episode 300 in the show's run. Your nerd code is EABF04. It was written by Carolyn Omini, directed by Pete Michaels, and your showrunner is Al Jean. All right, Carolyn Omini. We have a storied history with her, pun intended. Story, get it? Writer. Yeah. We support WGA. Yes, we do. As well. And the SAG, too. Yeah. Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Most famously, she wrote Dial N for Nerder with uh, William Wright as a co-writer on that episode. But that's famously our very first episode we ever dropped. Yeah. Technically our first episode we talked about. But the first True. episode to air on our podcast network of Anchor.fm, now Spotify podcast. Mm-hmm. Soon to be... Uh, I don't know. Elon Musk will probably buy Spotify. It's Q for podcasters. <laughs> oh, geez. We're a Q podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were kind of toned the line anyways, right? Yeah, that's it's what we truly are anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, you can't be on the right because you're crazy. You can't be a centrist because you're also crazy. You mm-hmm. can't be too far left because you're crazy. <laughs> what can you be? I mean, we're not a political podcast, obviously. We're a centrist right, so. podcast. Yeah, exactly. Maybe uh, RFK Jr. That's the side we should we should uh, align ourselves politically. Yeah, he's got some good ideas. Yeah, we could hang out with uh, his wife Cheryl Hines and uh, <laughs> maybe smoke some weed with his good old pal Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <sighs> Anyways, uh, yeah, Caroline Omini 
What was the last episode that uh, we reviewed of hers? I think that was probably, uh, geez, I'm going to say, uh, was it Little Big Mom? I Our think seventh episode. Um, Yeah, I think that might be it. Like the first episode that she wrote. Yeah, that was uh, seasons 11, episode 10. Yeah, wow. And was that the first episode that we actually pronounced her name correctly? I think it was probably. Right. Well, go back to that. If you listen to other episodes that we reviewed, for instance, uh, The Great Money Caper or The Stars Torn, Working Mom, Highway to Well, The Way of the Dog, My Octopus the Teacher, and a couple of uh, Treehouse of Horrors in there. We probably mm-hmm. said her name wrong. Yeah. Uh, and we always bring up, uh, she was a writer on Full House. Indeed. Which, of course, uh, she's famous for writing the teleplay for the very final episode, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, we have some controversy with this episode, and mm-hmm. I did pull out the old DVD. Oh, good. And listen to the audio commentary. But um, this is technically the sh- episode's 300th episode. Right. But Fox didn't uh, advertise this as 300, right? That's right. So they were calling this the 302nd episode and calling Barting Over the 300th because of the production code, but it is incorrect. Apparently, Fox wanted Barting Over to be the 300th, and they told the producers like Al Jean or whatever they said, oh, no one's going to pay attention to what actually is. But of course, us Simpsons nerds, there was a lot of people writing in. And back in mm-hmm. like 2002, you're still probably writing in snail mail saying, oh, no, this is the 300 second or 300th episode. That was 302. And so Simpsons fans, of course, pointed that out. And uh, this, uh, hmm. hmm, don't you think Barting Over probably is a better episode for uh, a monumental 300th episode? Yeah, I mean, that's the one with Tony Hawk. And I just I'm, feel like tonally it feels more like a 300th episode. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's like a better episode than this. I mean, we don't know if we like this episode more, but it just felt like an extravaganza episode because it was like, you know, big name Tony Hawk and mm-hmm. Bart's moving out of the house. You know, is this... A big change for the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since then, Bart's been on his own. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, this is a 10-year-old boy and living his own. <laughs> it um, won a Estonia Award. Yeah, man. For Best Television Series. And uh, that was uh, High Times Magazine. <laughs> Estonia Awards out. So, you know, it's High Times still a thing. Because I'd love it if we were we won like Best Simpsons Podcast from high times <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i wonder if it's a, as prevalent because one print media is you know pretty much dead but marijuana is more popular than ever it's uh it's probably an app right i mean what else are they i mean there's a lot to talk about i guess in the weed world yeah i mean there's still you know some states that are not um right the states of denial <laughs> oh look tommy chong is on the cover <laughs> for the first time ever <laughs> yeah they're like Oh, we should probably put them on. No, I'm sure he's been on every other issue. They're probably all sad now because Kevin Smith uh, quit smoking weed. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's do funny because I'm on the High Times website and it has instructions. And number one, go to hightimes.com. Click on magazine in the menu bar. Click on order magazine subscriptions. Choose your subscription and click subscribe. Well, I mean, they're trying to help out the stoned person. Yeah. Yeah. It typically takes four to eight weeks from the moment you subscribe until you receive your first issue. Are they using GeoCities as their server? I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Like, it's not a bad website, but it just, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's still plenty of weed culture to go around. I just, yeah, I'm I'm sure they're doing fine over at High Times. It's funny, like, we support the use of cannabis, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, like, into the weed culture. No. That's one of my favorite things about legalizing weed is you don't have to hang out with other stoners. (laughs) Yeah, to 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 score weed. Right. Oh, high school. Uh, we were just like, all right, we'll hang out with you. And then we just want to go back and play NHL face off 
97 exactly. or whatever. <laughs> That's all I want to do now. Yeah. Noel, stop by. Hey, Bear. <laughs> hey, I went to the website. You got me hooked, but I got a headline here that says uh, Bill Gates confesses to Seth Rogen he smoked weed in high school to be cool. Whoa. I've heard of a gateway drug, but a Gatesway drug? Ah, what do you jerks know? That's a quality joke. Uh, Steve, I thought that was a quality joke, too. Well, thank you. Uh, we have a chalkboard gag. Yeah, it says, the school does not need a regime change. A uh, great uh, reference to the successful war in Iraq. Yeah, I forgot that's what the reference was. <laughs> Mission accomplished, though. Indeed. <sighs> Again, uh, not a political we, podcast. Yeah, not a political podcast, but man, those were simpler times. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, I'll, I'll throw some, some shade to the Democrats. Uh, you know, Obama could have, you know, ratified a lot of things, but instead just decided to spend eight years bombing uh, Afghanistan. Well, yeah, uh, it's true. I mean, both <laughs> sides are pretty bad. Yeah. Not a political podcast, no. <laughs> of course, but. All right, comrade, should we? I mean, all right, see, so should we continue the podcast? Indeed. Do we have a couch gag? Uh, yeah. It's a novelty cardboard cutout of the family Simpsons with holes in it um, from where they're faced, not like their mm. privates. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you like, like a... go to like county fairs and you have like, or you use parks with the heads cut out. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to like an adult store, <laughs> there should be like parts where the genitals are at cut out. So like, you know, you can just, but like the face is still there. So it's, you know, right. famous porn stars, but you put your privates through the holes and take a picture. Basically a glory hole is what you're describing. Well, but, you know, there's no gratification like, being done. It's, it's just a right, picture right. with, a, like, a postcard. Like, all right, send those to your lover. <laughs> like, wow, I thought uh, John Holmes was a lot bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could name porn stars of color because it'd be funny to, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Lexington Steele is an okay. African-American gentleman. Good to know. I know these names from my youth. Uh, not from pornography, guys. From uh, the Howard Stern show. Right. <laughs> Where they had porn stars on back in the day. Right, right, right. Jenna Jameson. She was a famous one. Oh, yeah. One of the more famous ones. Sasha Gray. Sylvester Stallone. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was later in his life. Mm. He was already famous. That's true. Uh, Robert Kardashian's daughter, uh, Kim. Yeah. Paris Hilton. Fred Durst. Estelle Getty. Oh, (laughs) I I have a tape that no one else has. See, if you want to watch it later, just let me know. I'll... uh, all right. I'll text you it. <laughs> Did she put the golden in golden girls? <laughs> yeah. No, I said I'll, I'll text you it because back then it was just, you know, uh, oh, uh, right. a telegram porn. It was really, stop. Put it in. Stop. Put it in. Don't stop. Stop. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> You know, they did like our grandparents. Well, like your parents, like probably did text each other dirty telegrams. Mm-hmm. Text each other. What would you call it? Just sent a telegram. Yeah. Does anyone know what a telegram is here? Anyone under the age of 40? And then did they have like the guy come and read it to them? Like, <laughs> yeah, I want you a throbbing cock in my vagina. Stop. <laughs> is Western Union telegram still around? Can we still send telegrams? I'm sure they they have an app. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm still talking about the couch gag, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's a, a faces in the holes of the, the heads. So Lisa puts her face in Homer. Sounds really <laughs> weird saying it that way. But then Homer puts his face in Marge. Maggie puts her face in Lisa. And Bart puts his face in Maggie. And then Marge puts her face in Bart. 
Mm-hmm. And instead of the TV, a photographer is standing in front of the Simpsons and takes their picture. This would be a fun. Uh, they should have this cut out at uh, Universal. Oh, yeah. Get your whole family in there. Yeah, it's cute. I, I think it's a really nice, fun uh, fun couch gag, too. Just classic and cute and fun. Do you like the order in which the characters put their heads in? I do. I think it's funny. Um, I think the idea that Bart wants to be Maggie is funny. Of course, Maggie would look up to Lisa. And, uh, you know, Lisa wants to be a homer. I think Bart should have been in Marge. He was for nine months. Eh, technically 10, you know, it's usually yeah. the gestation of humans. You know, we say nine for some reason. Right, of course. And then Homer should have put his face in Maggie. Mm-hmm. And Maggie should have been Homer. Oh, that would have been fun. And Lisa should have just been Lisa. <laughs> that, that I actually do like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but should we actually just uh, start this episode now? Uh, yeah, we begin our episode in the usual fashion, as we always do. With an introduction from Kent Brockman welcoming us to Ion Springfield. Now, I know we've seen the Ion Springfield intro before, but I just wanted to go through it because it's just fun to watch. And also because we've done, you know, four or five I off Springfield, seeing the words I on Springfield looks weird to my head. Yeah. And even when they say I on Springfield, I'm like, no, it's I off, you idiot. Wait, fun, that's <laughs> exactly. <us. laughs> uh, so as the theme plays... So we see a bikini-clad woman in a coonskin cap posing in front of the statue of Jebediah Springfield, and then Ken Brockman placing his handprints in cement in front of the Chinese theater before shaking someone else's hand. <laughs> and then we see Kent eating sushi with a bunch of geishas in a hot tub, and he drops the food into the hot tub, thereby cooking it, even though it's raw. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kent washing his car for some reason. Uh, we got some more bikini-clad women. Uh, we got Kent at the dog track betting some money. We see that the Aztec theater is closed for repairs. Kent attempting to eat a sandwich, but all the ingredients fall out. And uh, then we have Kent riding a roller coaster with Fidel Castro. The uh, Kent eating sushi in the game. <laughs> like, it just reminded me, I bought frozen sushi uh-huh. from uh, the outlet of groceries. Sure. And so it was just like, I think, crab salad mm-hmm. with like maybe a, like a cucumber in it. So kind of, it might have been, like, was it a California roll? There might have been like a sh- tempura shrimp in it. Anyways. I to thought it was interesting. You do like the water bath thaw in the package, mm-hmm. which I think is fine, but it takes about said 35 minutes maybe on the package. Or you can just keep it out on the counter till for like two hours until it's thawed. But the other one was like, if you want it right away, you gotta microwave it. And it just felt so <laughs> weird to like, I don't want like my the idea of microwave sushi is like the grossest thing in my mind. Yeah, and like I'm not even opposed to frozen sushi from the outlet of grocery. Like that doesn't sound horrible to me at all. No, but yeah, the idea of microwave the microwaving it, ugh, yeah, just I agree. Thought. You're like, hmm, I don't know. I think I'll just keep it on the counter. Water bath. Yeah. Water bath is the safe. Water bath seems to be the way to go. The safest way to go, but yeah. And uh, I'll let you know, it was not good. <laughs> like not the entirely surprised, but okay. I think it was like the shrimp was just a little too maybe rubbery, mm-hmm. maybe a little too fishy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably why it was at the outlet of groceries. Yeah. Or it probably like made its way bucks. through. Yeah. <laughs> Well-intentioned, but maybe not uh, Maybe not so good. Yeah. Um, I do remember, too, like in the 90s, like these news programs or like news fotainment or what do you want to call them? Like 
they'd always find a reason to squeeze in women in bikinis or women in their lingerie. Like I remember whenever any celebrity was in Playboy, um, Entertainment Tonight would always have a special segment on it. <laughs> and it always have like the red ribbon covering genitals and nipples. It was before the internet, so you know, people had to get their rocks off somehow, I suppose. Well, yeah, well, look, we're it's weird because it, as an American society, we're very sexual, but we're also very sexually oppressed. So what True. is it, guys? It's like, let's do a whole, you know, puff piece on someone who's going to be naked in a magazine. Mm-hmm. But also, let's not show nudity on TV because think of the children. Right. It's like, can we just be like European and like just all be naked and it's cool? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe don't show Robocop at 830 on a Thursday morning. <laughs> unedited right just the 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 scene of him getting shot up and then the boardroom scene and exactly yeah well i mean that whole movie is just a not parody but it's it's a response to like our culture as is yeah at that time you know sensationalization what a country uh, let's see what uh, Mr. Brockman has in store for us today. I'm here with actor Rainier Wolfcastle, who surprisingly has filed for bankruptcy. Rainier, what went wrong? Three divorces in three months. What can I say, Kent? I'm a romantic. But this personal tragedy translates into a good old-fashioned bankruptcy sale. Yeah, everything must go. Even the painting of my nana. This was done on her wedding day. Or should I say, deading day. How the mighty have fallen into my price range. I'm going to go there. Dad, we are there. Woohoo! Now, Rainier, I really don't think it's right to sell these play dude centerfolds. <laughs> Zip it, Holy Joe. Are you taking us to another mansion? Uh, yeah. Uh, Miss September, I think you're going to have to get in a trunk. Ooh. Mo just bought four women. Yeah, back in the early 2000s when you could. <laughs> Thanks, Biden. Um, yeah, in today's economy. <laughs> yeah, you can only afford half a girl. <laughs> <sighs> this won't be the first uh, problematic thing we talk about today, I feel. Well, you know, we were talking about Playboy earlier, and I was going to mention that someone posted on Reddit a bunch of old the old um, cartoons, old comic strips, or you know, the old one-panel cartoons. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, were they very problematic. Yeah. Now I'm talking like like literal, like, rape jokes and Mm -hmm. pedophilia jokes but in like uh uh-huh it's okay right yeah Hugh Hefner in light of it now I mean we kind of probably knew it but yeah he was real scumbag yeah yeah like the idea of idolizing that man is is uh not good no and it is funny how like especially in the 90s he was considered pretty much like a cool guy like he was on uh, the simpsons and you know we previously mentioned before uh, two shows for monday night kids programming basically of blossom and fresh prince dedicated to playboy yeah and hugh hefner is very liberal and you know mm-hmm. sexual revolution and all that stuff in the 60s but in reality it's still like women to him were still objects yeah and mo here is like yeah and even when you know uh mo's just telling them to get in his tr- one of them to get in the trunk yeah which <laughs> there's four women three could clearly fit in the back there and one could fit in the right. trunk. even two could fit <laughs> they should have had one of the girls should have said uh no, you get in the trunk, you fucking ugly piece of shit. There you go. <laughs> yeah, this episode is weird because it is written by a woman. So, but it's a woman, you know, at this time period too, probably for The Simpsons, like with a very probably predominant white male 
staff. Yeah. So, I mean, she's, I, I bet Caroline Omini's had to endure so much fucking bullshit in her career. I'm, I'm oh, assuming, I can only imagine. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying she has, but I'm just saying she probably <laughs> right. has. Yeah. Well, she was on, wrote on Full House and wasn't uh, Jeff Franklin, the creator of that? It, like, he got canceled, even though like, he's still fine financially. Right. But yeah, he's got canceled. And I think that, like, uh, Stephanie has some choice words to say about him, like the actress. Uh, um, um, Jody Sheldon is. <laughs> Say Michelle Obama. I'm like, no, Michelle's <laughs> the younger daughter, and Obama's not on Full House. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, Jody Sweden is very outspoken, very, uh, has some choice words to say about uh, one of her co stars. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious because her and um, Andrea Barber, who played Kimmy, they have a new rewatched Full House podcast. Yeah. And they're very uh, left leaning actresses. And it seems like they both have come out of a lot of pain and trauma and now found like domestic you know tranquility in their life like they've like have families and they have a whole life outside of like their sitcom yeah upbringing so it's good to see them kind of not only surviving but thriving yeah that's what i'd like to kind of maybe listen to the podcast just to see like if they have any dirt yeah i'm sure that they do because i heard uh jody on a another on another podcast recently and uh yeah she was kind of talking about that and yeah she has a lot of opinions about yeah. things and yeah. I I heard her talking and she said she saw like during season two, like uh, Mary Kate just doing lines of blow off of uh, Joey's uh, woodchuck puppet. How rude. Ashley says she said Ashley was fine to work with, but uh, right. Uh, Mary, Mary Kate. Mary Kate <laughs> Although I'm making a joke because, you know, they're like eight or like younger than that. But, you mm-hmm. know, she probably did do lines of blow like in the last season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was a ripe old, uh, you know, 10, 10. Ah. <sighs> But we're not talking about Full House, not uh, not yet, anyways. Right. Once once we're done talking about The Simpsons, then we'll do the Full House podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at the yard sale, Bart finds a sword cane. Radio Wolf Castle tells Bart that everything on the table is a sword. There's a sword baseball bat, sword rifle, sword pineapple. So I'm assuming with that pineapple, Rainier's a swinger. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys don't know, pineapple's like it gets the international symbol for swingers. Yeah. All right. Uh, he's got a sword sword sharpener. <laughs> And even sword pie. I've heard of swordfish pie, but sword pie? <laughs> uh, I've never heard of swordfish pie. I've heard Neither of fish pie. Sure. So I can't count. Um, so which Homer has eaten, and <laughs> you can tell because his stab through the stomach there. <laughs> um, Lenny discovers a cyborg hand at, at the uh, at the sale, which uh, he promptly uses to scratch his ass. <laughs> and Cara feels that, uh, uh, Lenny, he's gone Hollywood. Uh, so... In Rainier's uh, bedroom, Homer digs through his dresser. Rainier asks if he needs any assistance picking over the tattered remains of his life. But Homer is, has already moved on, finding Mr. Wolfcastle's early porno films. He asks if there are any hetero ones, and Rainier says what's there is there. Homer then asks if the, any of the junk that he has will go into value once uh, Rainier Castle kicks the bucket. And the action star uh, directs Homer to his first weight set, the one that transformed him from a Bavarian cream puff to a mass of twitchy muscles. And then uh, Rainier's muscles begin to jiggle, excited for some coconut oil. It's really mm. gross. Oh, I was just going, mm, Bavarian cream puff. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> coconut oil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine to cook with, but I'm not going to eat coconut oil. Like, you know, just in a jar yeah. or just like, well, yeah, <laughs> it's solidified. Like, just like I'm fucking Winnie the Pooh, Steve. Is that what you're trying to imply? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it, it's great because it's good for your mouth. It's good for your butthole. And it's good for uh, cooking. Yeah. Butthole is in lube. So uh-huh. uh, Rainier... Wolf Castle used coconut oil on his hog in his early days uh, making films. Sure. Yeah. 
And the Simpsons are ready to leave the garage sale with a weight set, a cuckoo clock, and several paintings by Van Gogh and all that other stuff they bought. I love the little Easter eggs of like, oh, here's just a real Van Gogh. See if I say Van Gogh in the proper English. Yeah, way. you're 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 smart. Yeah. I, I watched the Doctor Who episode where it was Van Gogh. <laughs> I kept saying Van Gogh. Yeah, it's one of those things that I know that Van Gogh is correct, but yeah. I don't want to sound like an asshole, so I say Van Gogh, <laughs> even though even though I know it's wrong. It's like, uh, what are those like really buttery pastries that the French are known for, Steve? Croissant. Yeah. <laughs> what was it again? Croissant. It's croissant. Croissant. <laughs> I like saying croissant, too. So. Croissant. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, there's just one problem, Steve, with all that uh, stuff they got to fit in the car. Hmm. How, how are they going to fit that in the car? That's what I'm asking you. I don't know. Well, luckily, Homer has several hours under his belt of the game Tetris, the iconic video game theme plays. And Homer envisions his family as anger blocks. And he begins to load the car, starting with a bulk pack of power sauce bars and then uh, perfectly fits several other items and then grabs Lisa Twister into a shape that's, you know, not humanly possible. So he probably broke <laughs> her and she's dead. Uh, he puts her in the back seat, then rotates Bart several times before fitting him on the other side. Next is Maggie, then a People's Choice Award, followed by his wife, Marge. He shuts the car door, proud of himself until Marge makes the realization that uh, he didn't save any room for himself. I have a weird memory of some cartoon, like adult sitcom cartoon, like The Simpsons, where somebody has a bunch of stuff and they do a Tetris bit, but they load it all up and then it all disappears because they made a line. And I don't remember what it's from. And is it The Simpsons? It might be, but I looked it up and I couldn't find anything else other than this. It's not Family Guy because that's another one where Peter is the long straight bar and he has a clear opening, but he goes the wrong way and all the other Tetris Hmm. pieces gets mad at him. So maybe I just made it up. But like, yeah, I, it would be like Homer excitedly like doing what he's doing here. But then once everything gets fit in, it all just boop disappears. And it's like, dope. Well, hey, listeners, let us know uh, at one three Simpsons at gmail.com or uh, phone us on uh, the, the, the voicemail. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know, because I'm not sure what Steve's talking about. Yeah, so. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, luckily for Homer, Rainier Wolfcastle can give him a ride in a giant snuggly that he used to carry Rob Snyder in the movie. My baby is an ugly man. <laughs> uh, the golden age of making fun of Rob Schneider for his movie choices. Yeah, because now we're in the modern age of making fun of Rob Schneider for his political views. <laughs> exactly, because he's a nutbag. Yeah. Uh, so Rainier loads Homer into the large baby carrier, and Homer is instantly calmed by Rainier's soothing heartbeat. Meanwhile, Marge and the kids make their way home, but Maggie causes a little detour. Oh, ew, Mom, I think Maggie fudged her huggies. Bart, don't say it like that. You'll hurt her feelings. <laughs> Jeez Louise, how did you turn cinnamon applesauce into that? Don't try to pin this on me, sister. Sorry, emergency. Hello, Mrs. Homer. Apu, where's your bathroom? The bathroom is not for customers. Please use the crack house across the street. (laughs) That is the most pungent thing I have ever smelled, and I am from India. All right, all right. But speak of this to no one. Ah, oh, <laughs> baby poop smell. Fun. Yeah. I can't believe she turned the apple cinnamon into that. Uh, now now I can't eat apple cinnamon anymore without thinking of baby shit. Thanks, Simpsons. <laughs> um, The Apu line is pretty awful, Uh, where he said, that's the worst thing I've ever smelled, and I'm from India. That's very racist. Look, he's Indian. He can say that. Sure. Just like that guy from the birdcage can be really gay. <laughs> Again, listen to the audio commentary. This is the first time I think they said they've referenced Maggie's poop. So there you go. 300th episode. Oh. We finally talked about Maggie 
Maggie's poop. That's something. It had to be done. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Pooh leads Marge and Maggie outside to the back of the uh, store to a door marked danger, high voltage. And Pooh tells Marge that the sign is just a ruse, like all high voltage signs. Let's believe a Pooh when we next time we see a high voltage sign. All right. I do like the idea of using a high voltage sign as a deterrent. <laughs> so maybe I'll get you a. Oh, never mind, Steve. I, I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> I'm going to start putting high voltage signs on my uh, house. I like it. But I, I do want you to go test uh, other public areas that say high voltage and to see if it's true. Okay. I'll I'll, uh, I'll do that and I'll report back. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully not. Uh, Marge <laughs> takes care of Maggie and uh, the mother and daughter leave the bathroom happily and giggling. Uh, their joy is short-lived, though, however, when uh, they're held at gunpoint by a man in a goofy hat demanding Marge's purse. The man rips the bag from Marge's arm as she tries to explain that it's not a purse, but a diaper bag. The man is confused as Marge goes on to say that it looks like a purse, but it's really a diaper bag, and that's why she bought it. The man tells Marge to shut up and then yanks the pearl necklace off of her neck, setting the pearls falling to the ground as he puts a couple slugs in her body. As her body lays down, Maggie looks up and swears she'll get revenge on him one day, 18 years past. And she's now Bat Maggie. <laughs> it's funny, eh? I thought the exact same thing. Like, <laughs> if I see pearls fall on the ground, I think a Batman's being made. I guess imagine you're walking home from work one day, and you see, like, a couple. <laughs> there's a guy pulling a gun, and pearls fall on the ground. Like, hey, guess what, kid? You get to be Batman. <laughs> now, I want them to, like, uh, in the next Batman movie, because, you know, they always have to do this stupid fucking origin all over again. Mm -hmm. I want Joe Chill, who shoots Batman's parents, to have a goofy hat on. <laughs> I mean, give it some time, and Disney will buy Batman. Warner Brothers, and then yeah. they can do that. It could actually be goofy being Joe <laughs> Chill. And so it should be Bruce Wayne's parents take Bruce to Disneyland. <laughs> and uh, the characters kill him. I love it. Yeah. Gorse, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, let's make that happen. Uh, anyway, so uh, Marge gets into the car without saying a word. And she stares off into the distance. But Bart urges her to go. But then she bursts into tears. Ooh. This is very... This. You know, for a comedy show, this is a very intense scene and it's hard to like, I understand but it's probably really hard to like take something serious like that mm -hmm. and then put it into a sitcom. So, you know, uh, I give him props for towing the line here, I think. Yeah. And that moment where she's just sitting there quietly and Bart's like, come on, let's go. And then she just kind of loses it. it it's yeah. hard to watch. Like, it's very emotional. Yeah. And I think maybe like the, the goofy hat there. Like could be the intention of like it's still comedy, so let's put some a visual gag so to alleviate the situation. I think he he was dressed normal. Like yeah. if it was if it was Snake, I think it would be totally different, right? Because even Snake's like Snake's a comedic character. You know, nothing's gonna happen, right? And just putting in a new person and then just throw the goofy hat on them. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting choice, and I think it I think it works. But right. yeah, so back at some forty two Evergreen Terrace, Homer tells the police that it was his fault that Marge got mugged. Chief Wickham first thinks that that means that it's an open and shut case, but he vows to put his best man on the job to catch the mugger. He then looks at Eddie and Lou and has his doubts. Homer decides to take matters into his own hands, giving Marge an emergency whistle, pepper spray, and a map of the most vulnerable parts on a man's body. The map is just a picture of Ned Flander with a star over his beautiful crotch. Don't you think the uh, star should be a little bit bigger for, yeah, for Ned? Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. so. It should be like the size of our son. <laughs> it should be a lot longer than, than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when Marge asks why it's Ned, Homer explains that he's not going to kick Chief Wiggum in the groin. 
And so Marge returns to the Quickie Mart, but is still rattled by the recent events. Okay, Marge, you can do this. You've done it a thousand times before. Hi, Mrs. Simpson! <laughs> oh, no! I pepper sprayed Ralph! <laughs> Even my boogers are spicy! <laughs> Sorry! Let's go home. There's nothing dangerous there except for the electrical wiring. Mom, you didn't get the milk. And you parked on top of the mailman. It's okay. All part of the job. Can you believe I get paid to wear short pants? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll come right out and help you. Yeah, it's funny. I was going through social media today on this day of record. And then oh when yeah, I, when I saw... Uh, when we saw this episode with Ralph saying, even my boogers are spicy. I saw the Simpsons man on social media, like post his wood burned etching, I guess we call it. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. He's like, Hey, we're reviewing this episode today. And he posts, uh, he posted it about that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I didn't know this was a Ralph quote that uh, people do. It seems like one of the lesser known ones, but uh, it's pretty good. Well, Simpsons man is making it known. That's right. Do you think he listens to us? Uh, I doubt it. I think he follows us, so maybe he does. Oh, he's like, oh, I'm going to watch this episode, and uh, he got inspired. I- I'd like to believe that. Mm-hmm. I would too, but <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the mailman too. It's got the Raphael voice. Raphael voice, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so much media talks about disgruntled mail carriers. This guy seems very gruntled. Indeed, and you know, as we've talked about, we love the post office. Yeah. So the best government program. If you do happen to run over a postal worker, they'll probably be fine with it. Yeah, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. Don't do what we say. Don't do what Donnie don't does. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, so Marge opens the door, steps outside, and is frozen in place. She sees the world in front of her, sucked into a black void. Then the face of her mugger appears, telling Marge that he gave her necklace to his cheap girlfriend. The mugger's girlfriend, played by, of course, Tress McNeil, appears, mm-hmm. saying that she just throws the necklace in her drawer at night and then crackles wildly. And then March shouts that the necklace will tangle. But like, did we already see previously that March just keeps a drawer a full of, of her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A ball of them in a drawer. And again, we brought it up before on, on previous podcast episodes, but March without her necklace, just she looks naked. It's weird. She really does. It, it's so weird to look at. It's like I you have guilty. to. Yeah. You have to break up parts just for. I mean, that's why the, the necklace was there. You have to break up parts for mm-hmm. animation. That's why I always think it's weird when, you know, we talk about uh, Superman, I guess, a lot on the show <laughs> or super DC characters in general, like Superman needs those red trunks. Yeah, because without it, he just looks really weird. Yeah, it's just too blue and it's just not broken up. And that's why, you know, I love that new My Adventures with Superman TV show because they gave him the red trunks. Yeah. I am all in on DC right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's all TV, but like you had mentioned last week about the brave and the bold, and I've been really into that. <laughs> and of course, Harley Quinn is killing it this season. And then it's like my weekend. I look forward to all kinds of like DC stuff. It's a lot of fun. Steve, if we ever get the Patreon off the ground, we're going to everyone talks about the Marvel movies. I'm going to make you watch the DC movies. Oh, boy. <laughs> look, you get a little, little high and they're not bad. Like dollars to donuts, I think DC might have better films than Marvel. I don't. I, I see. I can't put that hmm. together. Here's here's what the podcast would be. It should be called DC versus Marvel. And so we like pit like a movie versus a movie. So it'd be mm-hmm. like the first Iron Man movie versus the Richard Donner Superman film, right? Or the first Keaton Batman. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably not too fair because it'd be like Marvel's first movie was Howard the Duck, and DC's first theatrical movie was the Donner. I think would probably be the Donner Superman. Well, no, that could be the Batman. 
uh, 66. I think it'd be. Oh, yeah, that's true. Not not counting the serials, like the old Superman series, because I don't think there was ever a, a Superman motion picture. No. Uh, they were all just serialized ones. The one where it's just like the actual movie. I think it probably would have been Batman 66. Mm-hmm. Uh, still better than Howard the Duck. <laughs> Take that back. I love Howard the Duck. <laughs> you just uh, jerk off to the scene with the duck tits. <laughs> woo George Lucas, what were you thinking? He's like, mm, we should probably show some duck titties in this. Movie. You think there was a joke about like going down on somebody, but like down, like being duck feathers? Was that like was... no? But I feel like there should have been. I feel like there's a joke there. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to do the DC versus Marvel movie, okay? <laughs> Just so we could pit Batman sixty six versus Howard the Duck the two. <laughs> Again, don't quote me. I, I think I want to say that Batman. Adam West was the first major theatrical DC Comics property into a movie. Again, not counting like the old Captain Marvels or the old Superman or even old Batman serials that were right. in theaters, but they weren't motion, you know, the main event. Uh, anyway, so Marge then crawls back into her house. I'm, I'm also enjoying the the imagery they're using and like the directing that's going on for the fear of agoraphobia. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we might talk about it later, but uh, I, I know I've been very agoraphobic in points in my life and i'm not sure if you have mm-hmm. you have okay yeah so a lot of times like going through like depression like agoraphobia and like like just staying in you know one spot like never leaving the house it's 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 very uh, it's detrimental and it's yes yeah. it's it, it does physically it, it hurts to like leave the house leave your apartment whatever it is and it's, it's a tough situation to get through yeah it's not easy and there's like the way that they encapsulate that kind of fear and the world just kind of going in and on itself it is kind of what it feels like so yeah good on them for the animation yeah. on that and i still have kind of i mean this is also still like pre-pandemic um mm-hmm. fear of of just being away from like home base you know yeah so I, i'm better at it now i think but uh yeah anyways <laughs> uh so so Marge apologizes to the postal worker there, vowing to call for help. And and the letter carrier is, you know, it's no rush. He's got plenty to read. He then picks up the latest issue of Twilight Zone magazine. And I didn't when I first saw this scene, I'm like, is, is there an actual Twilight Zone magazine? Because I'd fucking love that. That'd be great. Yeah. But they're doing it for the joke. And he puts on his reading glasses only to discover that they're broken. And then one lens falls out <laughs> and the camera zooms out. Um Haunting the familiar Twilight Zone uh, episode uh, with Bridges Meredith. Speaking of DC and Batman. Yeah, the Penguin. Mm-hmm. Mickey from uh, Rocky and uh, hey, grumpier we'll old man. A, a Rocky theme later on, too. Yeah. Wow, it all connects. And it's really weird. I watched Rocky 5 last night. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, the worst Rocky movie. Um, But also that's like... Is that the go-to episode of Twilight Zone? Like it, when you when you think of like if you're going to tell someone like watch a Twilight Zone episode, is that like at least the top like three at least? I think so. Yeah, and it was like one of the first episodes too, wasn't it? Like maybe the mm. maybe was like the second episode, second or third. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, classic episode. Uh, anyway, so uh, Doctor Hibbert um, in this clip uh, makes a house call to diagnose Marge. Marge, I'm afraid you've developed agoraphobia, a fear of leaving the home. I recommend watching this Lifetime Channel movie. It's called The Woman Who Died in Her Home. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't there anything I can do? Marge, I suggest you slowly desensitize yourself to the fear of going outside. Create controlled situations where you can leave the house without pain or panic. What if I can't feel comfortable outside again? Then I hope you like throwing dinner parties. I do. 
No one wants to eat dinner at a crazy lady's house. Get real. He mentions agoraphobia, and we talked about it just before the clip, but uh, America had agoraphobia uh, in different terms, though. Um, the fear of Al Gore being president. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, you know, he did win. Yeah. <laughs> I've always had a fear of uh, smooth sweaters made from rabbit fur, but I guess that's just <laughs> agoraphobia. I also had a fear of the best written uh, Star Wars Disney Plus show, but that's andorophobia. <laughs> Well, I've always had the fear of uh, multicolored patterned sweaters, argyle phobia. <laughs> no. uh, we're, we're not making light of agoraphobia. Again, we talked no, about no. it. We've, we've yeah. all, we've all, well, Steve and I have had experienced it before, but probably mm -hmm. not. I don't know, maybe not to the extent of March, but I it was very close. Yeah. Again, listening to the DVDs, uh, the commentary, Caroline said that she had the idea of Homer was the one that was going to get mugged and become agoraphobic from that. And Al Jean liked that idea, but said he wanted Marge to become agoraphobic because he had this idea that he always wanted to, or there was an episode idea where Marge became a bodybuilder and they figured eh, that might be a good way to bring them together. Interesting. Um, she also talked about how like Homer being mugged would have been very funny. So it was kind of a challenge to have Marge being mugged because you don't want to see that on TV, you know? Right. We right. all have mothers. And so like, it's very probably triggering to a lot of, you know, kids like seeing like their mom being mugged. And so like, so we, we kind of talked about it earlier. It was like, how do you write that? And how do you make it still funny? And I think that's, uh, Maybe they did. A I think they did a pretty good job of of making it serious, but also not not too scary. Yeah, because you're right. Because Homer in peril is something that happens every week, and we kind of all have learned to accept it, laugh at it. But Marge in trouble, especially by like an actual perpetrator, like a person, like actually attacking her, is kind of frightening. So it is kind of a different vibe for The Simpsons, and it does kind of create a raw like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. Right. There's a lot of uncomfortable things in this episode, for sure. <laughs> I mean, not just like some things coming up, but like like in, in our problematic eyes these days, but like just that everything's scary in that sense. Like what happened? To yeah, March. exactly. It's, it's, it's a weird kind of thing, you know, growing up with the Simpsons. And even though this is 300 episodes in and we were, you know, full ass adults at the time, <laughs> it does feel like a, like a loss of innocence. Like, yeah, if the world can do this to Marge, nobody's safe. Like, and that's kind of scary. Like, imagine Caroline wrote this for a full house episode and she made Uncle Jesse was the one that got mugged. Like, we mm -hmm. would all be like, Uncle Jesse's the coolest person ever. Who would want to hurt him? You know? Right. And like, if it was Joey, people like, oh, God, I wish the guy shot him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he stabbed me. Took my appendix. They cut it out. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, crickets. <laughs> Dumbass. So Homer and the kids try to help Marge by taking small steps toward recovery. First step is going to the mailbox and back. Marge is in an office chair with knee pads, shin pads, oven mitts, and a football helmet. And like the way she looks so frightened, again, it's that like loss of knowing what's right or wrong. Because when she when Lisa puts the helmet on her and she just looks so frightened and like out of it, mm -hmm. it's a real bummer. Uh, so Bart and Lisa are ahead of her with the tennis racket and a baseball bat. And so Hibbert suggests that Marge use a number from one to ten to describe her anxiety. Yeah, it's also just helps by putting that one those two lines under her eyes, like just mm -hmm. to help the, the fear. And then there's like the, her hair down and like 
I think that also helps too with the helmet and the hair down. It also looks very innocent, like kid-like, like just yeah. looks young, but like scared. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good directing and animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as Homer wheels March towards the mailbox, she says two, then three, then back to two. And Homer calmly tells her that everything's fine and they hear buzzing. And she says, what the hell is that? Marge's anxiety goes up to eight. And Lisa says that it's just a bug. And then Marge's anxiety goes down to two. And Homer thinks it's not just a bug, but the queen of something causing Marge to repeatedly say, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. And so Homer goes over to like a beehive and just grabs out a little uh, big lighter and lights it on fire. But then Marge's discomfort level is now 12, then 15, and the beast chaser ends now to a 703. <laughs> uh, so back in the safety of inside, Homer has a makeshift quickie mart using the couch that's upended as a counter and an easel as a squishy machine. Homer figures that after a few test runs, Marge will feel confident enough to go to the real Quickie Mart. Bart is dressed up as a poo, and Lisa is a magazine rack. And Homer admits that he doesn't know how to write uh, good roles for women. Is that a joke about Hollywood writers in general? I think so. I do like how Lisa's holding the Time magazine with the uh, inanimate carbon rod from Deep Space Homer. And and mm-hmm. the other magazine, is that uh, Bruce Valanche on the cover? Or is it supposed to be I, Matt Groening? I, I was wondering that myself because I thought it could have been Matt, but it could also be Bruce Valanche. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense if it's Matt, but it's funnier if it's Bruce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has Bruce Valanche ever been on High Times? I mean, he's got a smoke pot. It'd be that good of a writer. <laughs> and to dress like that. <laughs> Are we canceling Bart for culture appropriating? I mean, he's just dressed like him, but he's not going to like talk like a poo, right? Then we oh, no, he would him. never. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We'll keep it open. Um, just then, uh, Millhouse appears with a gun saying, I'm a robber. And then Marge screams in terror. Millhouse tries to calm her by saying, the gun only shoots bubbles, but then pulls the trigger, pointing the gun at his face. Remember, kids, if you ever have a gun, even if it's fake, point it at your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that freaks out when he points the gun at his own face and learns that it shoots silly string. <laughs> He's just freaking out by that. Uh, and Homer goes to find Marge and he tells Grandpa that the play is canceled and Abe in a diaper and a Happy New Year stash asks, what play? I'm sure what Homer's talking about. <laughs> so Homer finds Marge in the basement huddled next to the washer and dryer. Marge states that she's going to sleep down there for the night. Homer tells the kids about uh, Marge's new living arrangement and that with their love, she'll get better soon. Bart, using a poo's voice, asks oh, what'll God. happen if Marge doesn't get better. Yeah, so we got to cancel Bart. Cool. And Homer says that they'll smoke her out. Yeah, man. Nice. <laughs> uh, the following Sunday, Homer takes the kids to the First Church of Springfield, where no outside Eucharists are allowed. Uh, Marge comes along in spirit and by a baby monitor. And later, the rest of the family give basement living a try. And may the peace of God be with you. Amen. Amen. Over. Breaker, breaker, Bartman is shut in. The big guy's asleep. Please advise. Over. Whack him with the hymnal. Over. I'll roger that big time. You little shit! Jesus, I was just... Wow, honey, eating dinner downstairs is great, isn't it, kids? The air hockey table makes passing the carrots a breeze. Bart, eat your spinach. No way. Yes way. Stop it, please. I'm trying to eat. And all those feet going by the window are really creeping me out. It's like we're at Cheers. I love that show, because you always knew it was only a half hour till Wings. Then you could just sleep till Monday. Hey, March kind of invented uh, Zoom calls before we were Zooming. Hey, yeah. <laughs> like how Homer's asleep and has to apologize to Jesus. 
That's great. And the air hockey table is the first time we've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Has like no the... goals. <laughs> like Much me. Like us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of uh, eating from the air hockey table because what if you have like a really hot piece of food? Yeah. You just like, uh, you need to blow it off. You don't want to use your own breath. You got to save your breath for breathing, right? Mm-hmm. And you know those carrots are going to be hot. Yeah. Mm. Hot carrots. Hot carrots are good. Never heard of it until last week. Also, I love the... Uh commentary on must-see tv you know it's uh has the half hour to wings and then you can sleep until monday because <laughs> nothing was on friday right nothing's on saturdays and sun well this is before like sundays were well the simpsons were on sunday yeah exactly <laughs> and at this time cheers was like off the air for like 10 years mm-hmm. also how many people are walking by 142 <laughs> every terrace know, it's a busy weird. street it's like they're on a busy street but like uh, I love it when they have to add things in this cartoon for cartoon sakes, like <laughs> a bar. Like that was like they were in like a jail cell, like the the bars. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Bart and Lisa head off to school, but not before March sends Snowball to up event with their lunches. And also like, that's a pretty big dryer vent. Yeah. Like a raccoon could come down into your dryer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, now that I'm scared if a raccoon comes into my dryer. Oh, no. Uh, anyways, so the cat uh, climbs up the vent with the lunchboxes attached to the collar. And Snowball breathes a sigh of relief before sliding down to the vent through the dryer into a hamper of clothes. Also, training your cat to do that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Marge looks around, unsure what to do with herself as she puts it. She's too crazy to go outside, not crazy enough to have imaginary friends. So she finds the weights that Homer purchased from the Rainier Wolf Castle Garage. So, hey, Chekhov's weights. Mm-hmm. And we waited a long time for this uh, <laughs> weight set to come back around on this on this episode. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she wonders uh, why he even bought them. So then she starts to work out. So one of the rare instances where the beginning of the episode, something happens and it continues through the uh, plot. So I applaud them for that. Yeah, it's good story structure that a lot of times they don't follow up through. So that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so two weeks later, Marge is still working out in the basement. A man on the television counts to five in time with Marge's weightlifting. We then see that the man is a TV chef counting the eggs in his recipe. It's like one, two, three, four, five. He then tells the female viewers to feel the burn, because if you don't, the oven's not on. <laughs> the dumb joke that I like. Uh, Marge discovers that she can uh, bench twice as much as when she started. She also notices a, a change in her appearance, which has some mixed results from the family. And look at my abs! Mom! Oh, 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 oh. I'm married to Joey Henderson. Ooh, you know what would zest up this holidays? A lemon! Dad, do you plan to get in shape? No, actually, I'm going to eat twice as much. Excellent. Uh, guys, Mom just left the basement. (gasps) (gasps) She's in the backyard! I got all the way out to the tree before I realized I'd left the house. (gasps) I'm stronger than I've ever been. I don't have to go back inside. I'm not afraid. All Yay! right, Mom! I'm not afraid! I'm not afraid! Well, aren't you a super-duper recouper? Grandpa, I'm not afraid! Then you're not paying close enough attention! Steve, I, I know who Joey Heatherton is. Uh, maybe some of our listeners don't. Uh, please explain. Sure, she is uh, born Davini Johanna Joey Heatherton, born in September 4th, 14th, 1994, an actress, a dancer, and a singer. Wait, wait, wait. wait. She's born in 1994? 1944, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so she was an actress, dancer, and singer, and a sex symbol of the 60s and 70s, 
And she made a lot of TV appearances. And she was also on the USO tour with uh, Bob Hope. And she started in several films, including My Blood Runs Cold and The Happy Hooker Goes to Washington. Was she known for working out and having a six-pack abs? Not particularly. Like, okay. I'm looking at a picture of her and she just looks like she's well, fit, but not like overly so. Although I was doing some research on her and she's had quite a life after her acting career. So in 1969, she married a guy named Lance Renzel, who was a uh, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. And then that guy was arrested for exposing himself to a 10 year old girl. Oh, just a regular uh, Lauren Boebert husband. Exactly. So she divorced him. And then in 1985, she was arrested for interfering with a government's agent's duties and disturbing the peace after she allegedly slapped and pulled the hair of a of a clerk at a Manhattan's passport office. <laughs> and then in July of that year, she was also charged with theft for refusing to pay a nearly $5,000 bill from a hotel. And then in 1986, the following year, uh, she was arrested for assault uh, for stabbing jo Jerry Fisher, her former boyfriend and ex-manager. So uh, tragic uh, last path of Joey Heatherton's life. Um, but she's still alive, Steve. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we were going to have her on the show to talk about this episode, this this comment, but uh, SAG rules. So yeah, know, yeah, we can't, can't promote anything. Yeah, so. we can't promote it. So sorry, Joey Heatherton. Uh, maybe maybe next time. Yeah, as soon as strikes over, you're top of our list, right under Lady Gaga. That's right. <laughs> you first, then Gaga. Sorry, Heatherton Lady. Gaga. Yeah. The animation of Homer doing that cartoon, like uh, what's that? Uh, Chuck Jones, you know the fox, the doing the you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So weird. That's all I gotta say. It is, and it's Homer being a portly man, you know, a little bit overweight. <sighs> you would think that he would not be so and I don't want to judge or question or you know anything, but it seems to me like if you were of a bigger build, wouldn't you want to be with somebody with a also bigger build just because you can like eat similar diets? I don't know. Like, um, I just think about, you know, if I was with somebody who was really into exercise and like loved to go running every day and like ate super healthy, that's great. And I respect them for that. But I also that means that I can't eat my normal bullshit. It means your food costs are going to be too high. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, you'll just have uh, to adapt, Steve. Yeah. So Marge then runs into her attacker and he asks Marge what she's been up to and if she's been living in fear. Marge then punches the mugger square in the nose and then continues to beat him up in a nearly blow-by-blow -blow recreation of the scene from The Godfather in which Sonny viciously beats up his brother-in-law Carlo on a busy public street and leaves him unconscious under a running fire hydrant. Marge then says, you've just been marginalized, which I like. Uh, Homer is impressed, saying that it's like he's married to Shaft. Uh, the police arrive on the scene, noting that Marge caught her own criminal. Wiggum then shames the other people of Springfield, calling them lazy bones, saying that they won't find their crimin find criminals staring at their feet. And I love that animation of uh, Mo feeling guilty and uh, kind of digging his foot in the ground like, ah, shucks. <laughs> so you know how you had the memory of The Simpsons or another cartoon with the Tetris thing? Yeah. I had the same thing with the scene, the Godfather recreation, because I remember a cartoon doing the same scene, but they included the infamous when James Conn went to go punch um, Carlo. Uh -oh, here's two middle-aged white guys talking about the godfather <laughs> ladies you can turn off the podcast now um but yeah there's a scene where when Khan goes to punch him in the face and it's like clearly like there's like three feet of nothing that you can't you know, it looks you could definitely tell there's like no contact mm -hmm. and i swear i remember a cartoon doing that same 
the same scene, but they included that. And I thought like, oh, they got to include that scene, but they didn't. So now I'm trying to think what cartoon was that? Hmm. Uh, again, let us know. Uh, 13simpsons at gmail.com or voicemail. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of that scene, I just <laughs> when I saw the Barbie movie and I forget which Barbie says, well, when Barbie says to Ken, like, I've never seen the Godfather and mm-hmm. the, the Ken has to describe it and like. I, I that was one of my LOL moments of that movie because I'm like, yeah, I've been that guy. Yeah. Um, You've never seen The Godfather? <laughs> oh, my God. There's another it, scene in the Barbie movie where she explains or one of the guys trying to explain to her how brilliant pavement is. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I've been that guy. <laughs> Good movie, Barbie. Check it out, guys. Yeah. Anyway, so with her newfound strength and confidence, Marge lifts two laundry baskets connected by a broom. One basket holding clothes, the other contains Santa's little helper and Snowball too. Marge then jogs to the beach where she sees several people working out and pumping iron, including a familiar voice and a with a newly fit body. Marge Simpson? It's Ruth! Ruth Powers! Ruth Powers? My old neighbor? Oh my goodness, look at you! I got this body in prison. I was Miss Mexican Mafia three years in a row. Wow! You know, another four inches on your neck and you look pretty hot. Ever thought of competing? I don't have those kind of muscles. Well, you could if you use these. Steroids? I can't take drugs. I have so many anti-drug bumper stickers, I'd be making a wire out of my tailgate. Steroids aren't drugs. They occur naturally in the body, like sweat or tumors. But aren't there side effects? Yes, their main side effect is greatness. But if you'd rather be weak and helpless... No, no! I feel good! With no repercussions! I was kind of hoping at the end of that scene, <laughs> Ruth would be like, you're only supposed to take a teaspoon of that. <laughs> <laughs> of the steroid juice, I guess. Hey, it's great to see Ruth Powers back. Yeah, uh, she hadn't been on for like 10 years uh, since uh, Marge on the Lamb. So that's fun. And it's uh, Pamela Reed uh, returning with the voice. But it's funny, has she? Because you always see her like in crowd mob crowds in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the like just her anima- animation character. Like, oh, there's Ruth. Yeah, it's uh, she's been in. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> just background scenes. Um, Marge's bumper stickers say moms against meth. Just say no. Dare. D-A-R-E. I'm anti-crank and I vote. And talk to your kids about Huffy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm anti-crank and I vote. <laughs> I still think my favorite uh, I, and I vote bumper sticker from uh, TV is Frasier's. The uh, I'm pro opera and I vote. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I think I've seen like one or two of those bumper stickers in the wild. Yeah. I'm very anti-bumper sticker, most mostly political bumper stickers, because I think it's silly. You should never put who you care about on your car. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a, a right, anti-right, anti-left, anything like that. I just think for your safety, you should right. put, especially in this this climate in America right now, I wouldn't put it, either. <laughs> and it's also just a real bummer when you see like a Hillary 2016 sticker now on like a, <laughs> yeah. like a car, like, I'll see them in the wild now or like, you know, <laughs> Bernie Sanders or even like it doesn't have to be left or right. But just seeing like one from like eight years ago from like two cycles. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really? Can you get another sticker or just remove that one? You know, like, again, not a political podcast, but like in 2016, if you saw a uh, Trump uh, bumper sticker mm-hmm. on a Tesla, you'd be like, that's fucking weird. But yeah. now if you see a Trump bumper sticker on a Tesla, you're like, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to avoid that person, but yeah, yeah. I 
again, not a political podcast. But... <laughs> I, I've always said, like, I just want to get old, like Dukakis bumper sticker and put it on my car now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nader Leduc, 2000. <laughs> yeah. That's who I'm for. <sighs> but just putting uh, the idea of putting an old bumper sticker from like the 80s onto a car <laughs> from the 2000s. Yeah. Uh, very humorous to me. It's very funny. Yeah. yeah, bumper stickers are weird. Like, it doesn't make your car look better. That car looks so much better now. Yeah. <laughs> I try to be, like, incognito when I drive. I don't want to piss anyone off on the road because you don't know who's out there. Right. And you don't know how people are going to react to anything. Yeah. Like, even if I had a, a, a bumper sticker that said, um, I like flowers, there's going to be <laughs> some person that's like, I fucking hate flowers. I'm allergic to them. I'm going to run this person off the side of the road. My father was killed by flowers. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Austin Flowers. Flowers. Yeah, my new character, Austin Flowers. (laughs) Petals, baby. Uh, That man's got a pistol. P-I-S-T-I-N. Oh, right, right. (laughs) So in the Simpsons kitchen, Marge is making a smoothie of supplements to build her body. She's got uh, Vulcanoids for her lats, Mesomax for her delts, estrogen blockers for that minty taste. And after chugging her concoction, she tells the kids that the school bus has arrived. Bart and uh, Lisa run to catch the bus, but they're too late. Marge runs to the uh, moving bus, lifts up the bumper, and causes it to stop. Otto looks through the side of the mirror and wonders, what is he smoking? And then he just realizes, as he looks at his joint, he's like, oh, it's pot. I'm smoking pot. (laughs) It's a very funny joke. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that cliche of telling someone, like, what are you smoking? Or uh, like, no, it's pot. I I just thought it was a very funny joke. Anyways, uh, Bart and Lisa board the bus, and Marge waves goodbye to them uh, with the bus's bumper in hand. And Nelson mocks Bart and Lisa, saying their mom changed. And uh, later that evening, Homer notices a change as well. Hey, hot stuff. I've got a competition tomorrow. I could use a good luck smuggle. I'd rather talk about our feelings. I feel that illegal performance-enhancing drugs are too common these days. Rebuttal? Let's do it. Uh, uh, listen, my bulky flower, I, I have an early date. I wasn't asking. <laughs> Morning, kids. I made your lunches. They're on the table. Huh? Why did Mom make our lunch? Your mom has a lot of stuff to shave. Ow, 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 ow. I imagine at the time in 2002 when this aired, it was a very funny scene, and we all laughed. Sure. But it's a very triggering. I think it'd be very triggering to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Not and... just men, but women. Like, when Marge is just like, I wasn't asking. Like, that is very fucked. <laughs> it is. And, like, I think it speaks to something that we are more vocal about now, how that kind of thing can happen in committed relationships to either to anybody. Like, just because you're married doesn't mean it can't happen, or just because you're the male relationship doesn't mean you can't be a victim. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get all serious and heavy about it, but I think, if anything, the positive that we can take from that scene is that in this modern day, 20 years later, we are offended by it because we as a society have grown. Yeah. And I'll just say that the <laughs> thing about... A Homer pinning uh, money with a, a note that says to buy food with is very funny <laughs> to lighten things up. Have you ever taken any performance enhancing drugs? Like, I mean, like like steroids. Have you ever had to take steroids? And then the reason I'm asking this is because if like uh, you go to the doctor and you have to take like a steroid 
for infection or something like that. Mm -hmm. Were you apprehensive about taking that steroid because of what you've learned about what steroids can do to male reproductive organs? (laughs) Um, I don't know that I've ever actually had to take steroids, but I would be apprehensive about it just because I don't know how my body would react to it. I was just always because as a kid, you know, when you're like in health class and say, and if you take steroids, your testicles will shrink. And I'm like, I don't want my fucking genitals to shrink. Right. Shrunk enough as it is. (laughs) I don't need more shrinkage. Yeah. I'm not George Costanza over here. (laughs) I mean, you kind of are. (laughs) Hey, are you making fun of my balding hair and belly? I'm the last person to say, you're (laughs) bald and have a belly. Like... (laughs) Uh, well, just don't tell my uh, fiance about those uh, discount <laughs> envelopes for the wedding invitations I bought, okay? Of course. All right. <laughs> so we then head to the women's build- bodybuilding finals where the first two rows make it oily. The announcer welcomes the uh, ladies that the doctors are assured are women, again, of the time. And mm-hmm. it, they are called the Iron Maidens. The stage is full of muscular women, including Marge. And seeing this, Bart rolls his eyes and declares that he's off women forever. This time when, like, female bodybuilders and everyone would just make joke, like, oh, they must be dudes because, you know, they're so muscular. And it's, like, kind of a fucked up thing, really. It's like, yeah. why can't women be muscular as much as a dude? And it's like you have to make a choice if you're a woman. You either be a roided out muscle person or a woman like those it's one or the other yeah the stereotype that like oh you're a woman who works out or a female person who like also wants to be muscular like shame on you it's it's just weird look i'm all about fitness fitness simpsons podcast into our listeners ears that's right jesus uh, so one woman takes the stage in a pink dress and approaches the piano she then lifts the baby grand and smashes it into pieces shouting support the arts that's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, next, March pulls a double-decker tour bus with her teeth, and Agnes and Seymour Skinner are on the bus, and Agnes complains that this is the cheapest vacation that her son has ever taken her on. Another performer in a Western outfit sings The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance and then tussles Professor Frank's hair. The results of the competition are then announced. In second place, Marge Simpson! <laughs> Second place. Oh man, this will just encourage her. I'm tired of her criticizing my saggy glutes. Quiet. Muscular ears can hear us. So then I pop my delts, clench, and bam! Not a dry eye in the house. Oh, I'm so proud of you, honey. You bulked up but managed to keep your femininity. And that's why I didn't win. Sorry, sir. Sorry. Starting tomorrow, I'm going to up my glyco load, use a denser ripping gel. Denser? Damn straight. I didn't sacrifice my period for second place. (laughs) I hear that. Uh, listen, Marge. Um... How can I put this delicately? I don't got enough booze in this place to make you look good. I think the line when Marge says, I gave up my period <laughs> to look like this. And then Lady just looks like, I hear that. <laughs> That's very funny to me. Yeah. Like, he's had to deal the same thing. <laughs> Maybe he did. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Marge then smashes the jar of pickled eggs on the bar, wondering if death will stop Moe's yammering. <laughs> <laughs> she then throws the rest of the jar at Mo's head, and Lenny calls on everyone to pile on Homer's wife. And all the men jump on Marge, and she breaks through them with ease, throwing two men through the ceiling. She then lifts the jukebox, which is playing Love is a Battlefield by Pet Benatar, and she uses it to fight off some men, and then it switches to At Last by Etta James. And then another hit, it switches to Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. 
She then uh, throws a jukebox onto Disco Stu's head, who admits that uh, he should have disco ducked, which is <laughs> a funny, uh, a funny joke about the song "Disco Duck," written by radio personality Rick Dees and his yeah. cast of idiots. It's a really dumb song, and it's not funny. <laughs> no, and the whole disco yeah sucks thing is weird. So Disco Stu's dead right now because she smashed yeah. it. Yeah, okay. You know, it's like this one guy in the fight that's wearing Homer's outfit. Oh, I'm looking at him right now. He's <laughs> yeah. like a skinny little guy. Yeah, but there's like some scenes where like you see him like when he's on the ground, like he's plump like Homer and then he's skinny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's in glasses because he's next to uh, the, the, the the mobster. Um, yeah. It almost looks like Nelson's dad. Not Nelson, uh, Martin's dad. A little uh, bit, yeah, but not quite. I mean, Nelson's future father-in-law. Right. Um, and I looked up appearances, and I did not see this character. They're not showing him online. Is, is he off the grid? I think he is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll just call him Annoyed Grunt Boy Actually, Steve. he might be Charlie, who works okay. in the power plant. I said that. It might be a power plant guy. All right. Yeah, just a little we'll, bit off model. We'll go with that. So Homer steps out of the bathroom and witnesses the violent scene and then goes straight back in. And then uh, several tough sailors walk into Moe's and they're quickly thrown out and forced to go elsewhere. And they're going across the street. So I just assume that they're going to head to the League of Extra Horny Gentlemen because it's right there. With the bar in shambles and injured men everywhere, Marge breathes heavily, holding Lenny over her head. And Homer pops up from the bar, hoping to calm his wife down. Somewhere in that sea of full hormones is the sweet, wonderful girl I married. The woman who, instead of swatting a fly, will give it a bath and send it on its way. I'd sure like to go home and have Jiffy Pop with her. Oh my gosh! You're right! Hmm? Steroids have turned me into everything I hate. Let's go home, sweetie. Club Soda will get that blood out. Well, there's only one way to recoup my losses. Oh, Mo, wait a minute. Don't you have to buy insurance first? Oh, crap. I like how he's just going to torch the place with all the people still yeah. on it. <laughs> just needs insurance. Yeah, the whole fight scene was just very odd. Like, let's just end it this way with uh, a bar fight. The idea of choosing the sailors. Like, who are the toughest guys you can think of? Right. Sailors. I guess it's probably more like an old cartoon type of trope, right? Mm hmm. Because they had like a Popeye the Sailor Man gag earlier. So maybe that's. Right. Yeah, they had. I mean, on the brain. who do you think? Yeah, I get it. Uh, who do you think? When you think of like military tough men, I mean, I got to go with Marines, right? Navy SEALs yeah. or Marines? Yeah. I think that Navy SEALs are crafty <laughs> and good at their jobs. Yeah. But yeah, I think of Marines and Army people as like the toughs, as like the strongest ones. Like it could have, it, what it should have been was like old timey, like handlebar mustache tough guys like, with, like men. the unitards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Stuffy. I don't know. I'm not here to to make jokes. Um <laughs> Uh, it, it's just a weird way to end the episode. But uh, yeah, so let's go back to the basement of 742 Evergreen Terrace where Homer sees Marge lifting a weight and then throw it into the, the furnace that they've always had. <laughs> like right where the washer and dryer, now it's just a giant furnace. The air hockey table is gone. Now it's a ping pong table. <laughs> so Marge tells Homer that she misses being a lady because, you know, if you're a strong woman, physically strong, you can't be a lady. That's right. <laughs> That's the message we're getting, right? 
Um, and Homer, of course, misses her uh, knight in flabby armor. Uh, they kiss and then Marge lifts Homer up and they go upstairs. And Homer asks Marge if she's ready for a real workout. And then Marge says yes. And then Homer asks her to wax the car. And then we hear Homer shot in pain. Presumably that uh, she ripped his dick off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's it. That's our episode. Uh, well, Craig, I think uh, we should take a little break. Think about what we just saw. And uh, then we'll talk about it. Uh, what do you say? Oh, we'll talk about it. All righty. We'll be right back. Alrighty, Craig, we're back. Let's finish up our talk of the strong arm of the Ma. We'll talk about our MBJ Most Valuable Jokester, what we thought about the episode, and even what we're watching next week. But before we do all that, let's exchange some gifts from this episode, some things that we might want to give one another. And Craig, well, I uh, went to a certain uh, celebrity's, uh, you know, divorce sale. He went bankrupt, so I got um, some good things. I got you a nice uh, Van Gogh painting, as well of a lo- as a lot of gay porno from the 70s. So a valuable painting and gay porn, so you can't lose. So really, just a bunch of stuff I already have. Exactly. Okay. Well, Steve, I alluded it to uh, you early in the episode, and I, I feel that uh, I want you safe and protected. So I got you a 12-pack of Danger High Voltage signs that you could put anywhere around your house or your property. You could put it on every door, put it on your garbage cans or your recycling bin so uh, houseless individuals don't come around looking through your trash. That would be kind of funny if you had like <laughs> somebody walking up to like your little free library or whatever and like, <laughs> they touch it like, ah, they're afraid, to, they're afraid of getting electrocuted. I like it. Thanks, Craig. Electrocuted with knowledge. Alrighty, Craig. So uh, let's talk about the things that made you laugh from this episode. Who would you say is like your MBJ? What what made you laugh? I mean, I think one of my favorite scenes is uh, Marge running over the mail carrier. That, that seems very funny mm-hmm. to me. Otto's joke of uh, what am I smoking? Mm-hmm. A pot. You know, the beginning too with him reading the sword pie. Very funny visual gag. You know, Maggie's uh, shit diapers, fun stuff. Uh, mail house coming in and shooting himself in the face with silly <laughs> string. Dr. Hibbert giving Matt Marge a tape that says the, the woman who died in her home <laughs> about agoraphobia. Um, MBJ wise. Hmm. Maybe, maybe Lanny, just because he uh, says, I've been there when talks when Marsh talks about giving up her period. Okay. Uh, Mo, I guess, has uh, he's some problematic things, but him burning down the Moses fund. There's also the uh, Godfather parody. Hmm. Who is the most valuable jokester in this episode? It's a tough one. It is a tough one. I'll stick with uh, Maggie's diaper. That's the funniest character. Okay. All right. How about you, Steve? Uh, there's a little short clip that it, we didn't talk about, but um, right before Ned, when when they're at the uh, the sale and Ned finds the uh, playmates, the centerfold, right just a split second before that, there was a small child who buys a World War One uh, helmet, clearly from the German side, from Wayner Wolfcastle and just hands him a lot of cash. It's a tiny joke, but I like that one. I really like the uh, postman and the Twilight Zone joke. Oh, there you uh, go. That's my favorite joke. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably my favorite joke, and he's probably my MBJ. But uh, honorable mention to also the TV chef who tells the women to feel the burn. Because if they don't, that means the robin's not on. Another good joke, yeah. Um, also, I, it's dumb, but I also like the, the sword table where you had your sword sword, <laughs> your baseball sword, your sword rifle, your pineapple sword, and your sword sharpening sword. Sword. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that uh, I'm probably going to give my MBJ to the postman 
Also, Lenny scratching his ass with the uh, Terminator arm is fun, too. Okay, yeah, good job. And Lenny was my MVG, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, so, Craig, Whoops. let's uh, get into it. Sure. As it were. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on this episode? So this episode, I think, at the time, I probably didn't like it. And at this time, hmm, I'm not saying I hate it, but it's there is a lot of, like, I hate using the term problematic, too. I just hate using that term now because mm-hmm. I don't want to go off all like everything's problematic. And I get it. There's some things that Bart does and obviously something that Marge does in the episode that uh, is problematic. But I think it's kind of a complex episode and kind of a complex review. It's like they did one thing and they've like animation wise and directing is kind of really well done. And, and there's some something like the beginning, the first act of the episode is very kind of jarring, I guess, to people who've ever been mugged and, and, and can be triggering, I guess. And it's uh, and the, just the lightheartedness of trying to do something like, like this script, this plot, put it on any other sitcom at this time period. And it's going to be on a very special episode of, mm-hmm. you know, if it's like a live action, because this is a very special of episode, but the Simpsons are doing it now. And so I think, they like to write Marge with a lot of fears and phobias, don't they? <laughs> or at least yeah. She is afraid of flying and she's, I think so it's kind of prone for her character because that's what they wrote her character to kind of be. So I think it makes sense. And anytime someone's had to deal with some sort of trauma or going through something um, like Marge did and she became agoraphobic, but then she found another outlet and that was lifting weights. And so I know like a lot of people that, you know, if they deal with something like that and uh, exercise like this, is kind of a way to get your mind off of something because yeah, it's it's you're you're building your body to do something different than it's not always so your mind's gonna be focused on that one thing so that's one way to deal with trauma so in in a way i like where this episode went psychologically mm-hmm. and um dealing with some things like that but again it's the 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 modern eyes that we see and we can look back on like the scene with marge and homer in bed is very uh triggering as well uh for a different reason not for just because you know she's a strong woman um Mm -hmm. but there is like that also that you know we talked about in the episode that the stigma from a woman wanting to be muscular is at this time like that's people that might be weird whatever it's not attractive it's not ladylike you know, a very uh, outdated um, ideology, I guess. So that's where that kind of comes in. So I think it's kind of an interesting episode to look into a modern lenses. So I think I like that it's there to for people to see, to be like, oh, this is how we acted in these times and it was okay. And especially from it being written by a woman who had to probably write it as if she was part of the boys club, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to see like what, what, uh, what you have to think about it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I, I love this episode and I can't say I hate this episode. I'm, I'm conflicted because I did <laughs> enjoy many elements of this episode, but I also mm, abhor is probably too strong of a word, but distasted some of the episode elements and it's the ones I brought up, but uh <sighs> I think it's kind of like just like the the sexism male aspect of this episode kind of throws me off and and the kids are kind of shitty to Marge and Homer's shitty but also Maggie Marge is. and Maggie's the shittiest so there you go I mean speaking of shitting I googled uh, how many pounds of poop does the average person produce in their lifetime so if the life expectancy for men uh, is about seventy six years and women is about eighty one years therefore doing the math that uh, uh, let's say at 81 for a woman's 
expectancy is about uh, 25,920 pounds that their life wow. is going to be fecal matter. So out of 25,920, I give this episode uh, 19,864 pounds. Uh, okay. Okay. And to, to for seventy six years, that'd be twenty four thousand three hundred twenty pounds for men of shit. Okay, yeah. How about you, Steve? <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is a complex episode. It's funny how, on one hand, like a lot of the elements through our eyes, like you say, are you know problematic or offensive. But on the other hand, it's weird how much emotional stakes and feeling go into like seeing Marge's pain and how we react to it and how I reacted to it because you know this is a character that we love and to see her in peril is weird and jarring also it's a little weird because before I kind of did the research and saw that Caroline originally had the idea of having Homer being mugged it's it's a little weird because like four episodes prior to this one in the season Marge got a boob job hmm. and it's just kind of weird to be like we're gonna write more episodes about Marge which seems like a good thing but it's just like okay we're going to change her body so she becomes less human and more of a freak. And then also the thing that you mentioned about how when they give stuff to Marge, it's her having a fear or trepidation of something, be it flying or this or what. And so that's that has its own set of issues. And then also, yeah, through the modern eyes, there's a lot of problems with this episode, a lot of jokes that are not great by today's standards. And it's kind of hard to retrofit what we would have thought then now. I don't think I liked this episode when I first saw it back then. And it's hard because there are a lot of jokes I like. I like the Rainier Wolfcastle garage sale. There's a lot of fun there. I think that the mailman joke, the direction of the void to describe agoraphobia, and that is all very interesting. And I think that weirdly they handled agoraphobia in a fairly respectful manner, even though like, you know, you don't call people crazy nowadays, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not so bad. But I, aside from all the controversy, I just, it's a really weird episode that I don't, I don't think I hate it, but it's got a lot of issues, both problematic and just structurally. Like, the bodybuilding aspect of it just feels real clunky and not even really well thought out. It just seems kind of crammed in there. I think this is a soft skip for me, but it does have some positive elements. It's weird. I don't know. It's it's a very confusing episode to me. So that's why it being the 300th episode, I'm going to give it a score of blue because that doesn't make any sense. And neither does this episode. I think blue makes perfect sense, Steve. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. This uh, episode is a lot like, uh, as you said, Time Magazine. It has a lot of issues. <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> uh, well, Craig, well, that's our thoughts on the strong arm of the maw. Uh, but maybe next week will be something different. Well, it will certainly be something different because we reviewed the <laughs> same episode every week. I get real tired real quick. So <laughs> let's find out what we're watching next week. And to do that, we're going to need that wheel of random. Uh Steve, the wheel, unfortunately, because of the heat that we're having. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's broken. Oh no. It might be broken for the rest of the summer, in fact. Could be. That those that heat is pretty wild out there. So yeah, I can yeah. see it. So what are we um, gonna do, Craig? Well, we kind of teased it maybe ten episodes ago. Has it been that long? Could have been, yeah. We're coming up on our two hundred and thirty-eighth episode extravaganza. I mean, we are the hundred and thirty-eighth podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So we've made it a hundred episodes after the number one three eight. So two hundred and thirty-eight. That's right. And if we look at the 
Simpsons episode numbers, episode 238, we could actually review. And that's season 11, episode 12, The Mansion Family. Steve, <laughs> if we were to do this podcast in real time and started it from episode one, season one, we'd be currently in season 11. Wow. This past four years, we could have done The Golden Age Simpson and probably just <laughs> should have quit the podcast then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We would have been enjoying our life instead of doing this. <laughs> I mean, we enjoy it for you guys, yeah. of course. But yeah, so I'm proposing that we, as much as possible before the new season drops, that we just go in order from okay. season 11 until season 35 is new. Yeah, so I like it. We're going to try to finish season 11 if we can. All righty. Homer plays billionaire while house-sitting for Mr. Burns, who has checked himself into the Mayo Clinic. Mm. Mayo. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I would hate to check myself into the Miracle Whip Clinic. Oh, yeah, that's too tangy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, Bill Oakley. We're not uh, Miracle Whip people on this podcast. Nope. I am very much Team Mayo. Yeah. Have you ever had a Duke's Mayo? That's good. Yeah, 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 because it's always on sale, so I get that one. <laughs> yeah. It's it's good. I, like, I think I like it more than Hellman's. Yeah, speaking of which, I know we're not a food podcast, but... Why is Hellman's mayonnaise so expensive now? Like they inflated that mayonnaise like $2 more than it used to be. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, I guess we're going to be a Duke's podcast now, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Check out Duke's Mayonnaise at dukesmayonnaise.com slash 13simpsons for uh, nothing. Yeah. Uh, Craig, do you have uh, memories of the Mansion family? Absolutely. This is... Uh... I think one of your favorite jokes is in this episode. There are a couple of my favorite jokes in this episode, uh, but I know it's specifically one you're talking about. And yes, I cannot wait to get to it. And I bet the uh, fans can't wait to know what it is. Uh, I they won't can't, say they can't know now. Yeah, yeah. This is a tease for next week. Um, Steve, did anyone cool write this episode? Uh, just one Mr. John Schwolschwolder. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I have a lot of fun memories of it. And I can't wait to talk to it, talk about it with you. I'm going to talk to the episode too. Be like, episode, Okay. why are you like this? Um, well, and watch, watch you hate it now. I know. It's like, oh, well, I think that force portrays drinking in a negative light. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, no, I think this will be a fun one and a little bit more uh, lighthearted, too, I think, than this week's episode. But uh, I, I do want to so. thank everyone for listening and I hope you had a good time. And uh, hey, if you ever want to reach out to us, you can uh, go to Instagram.com slash 138Simpsons or look us up at Instagram at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail. Just go to the podcasting app, scroll down through your show's notes, and there's a little link. And click on that and just leave us a voicemail. Phone lines are always open and no one's going to answer. But uh, yeah, you can right. still re record it and so we can play it on the air. And uh, hey, leave a review on this episode or just this podcast, not this episode. But uh, go to your favorite podcasting app like Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review or the equivalent. But you don't have to leave a real review. Tell us the time you were agoraphobic or yeah. worked out. Whatever. And hey, if you uh, want to get some cool swag, go to tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed drug boys. And you can find all of our gear. Uh, we've got some great shirts. And you can also get some mugs, some laptop bags, or whatever. And tell a friend, tell a listener, tell, tell no, no, don't tell a listener. They're, they're listening. Tell someone to listen to this podcast. Let's get Please the, uh, let's circulate the tapes. All righty. This week, I've been an annoyed grunt boy named Steve. I'm an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And remember, if you're not afraid, you're not paying close enough attention. And I fudged my huggies. Huggies. <laughs>